Well, tonight's healing night, and so uh, we're going to minister the power of God, uh, healing power of God to all who are afflicted, all who have sickness or disease, injuries, things missing, broken, uh, things that are not right in your physical body. God designed us uh, to walk upright, to think straight, to see good, to hear well. You know what I'm talking about? To have energy, to have life. And, and you know, he, he, promised, he promised that we could live a long life. Amen. And I know there's different people that some will define long as 70 or 80 years, and some see 120 years as the set standard. And uh, uh, all I know is, uh, is, is if you're 40 or 50 or 60 or so, 70 even, you're not done. <laughs> Amen. And especially like if you're like 30 or 20 or 10 and something's threatening your life, that's contrary to the plan of God. It is in direct opposition to the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords. And so we're not going to let it exist. Amen. Not anymore. And someone said, well, my situation's not really life-threatening. It's just life uh, inconvenient. <laughs> it just very much gets in the way. Well, that's not the will of God either. I mean, think about it. If you were to build a car and, uh, you know, if you were a car builder, but it would only go like five miles an hour, wouldn't you think something's wrong? I mean, in our day and age, <laughs> or if you built a car and, you know, every three miles it would take a sharp right without, uh, without any input from the driver, wouldn't you be saying, there's something wrong with this car, and what would you do? You'd, do, you'd immediately say, we're going to repair this thing because that's not what I designed it to do. Are you listening now? Amen. The Lord didn't design our bodies to do this. The Lord didn't design our bodies where, you know, you can't lift your arms and you can't breathe right or, or, you, or you have to be loaded up with medicine to make it. Everybody with me? That's not the Lord's plan. We know our bodies grow old and we're not going to totally reverse that. And people eventually, if the Lord doesn't come back soon enough, your body will... Uh, stop working <laughs> amen but he did not design us to work and to and to live with diseases and sicknesses in our body not for a second amen he designed us to live long and to live strong and to be well and to be healthy and uh, you can see that even if you just set aside the spiritual things that uh, that we talk about you can see that the natural body was meant to fight off sickness and disease you know that's true, and uh, and sometimes, of course, the situation can get so strong that it's unable to to overcome it. But that's where we got this. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 And uh, and too many people are dying young, but we're going to uh, apply the power of God to put a stop to that. If you've got your Bible, I want you to look at Psalm 41 with me. I want to share something from the Word of God, and then we'll minister the healing power. To everyone who needs it and uh, that doesn't mean uh, you know that you have to wait power of God is present to heal and and the Lord is here and, and and you might notice him working in your body we hear this regularly but working in your body just as we're talking here as we read scriptures the, the psalmist said he sent his word and healed them Amen. and as the word of God goes forth you know the another scripture says that his words are health unto all of our flesh or the uh, Greek li literally uh, can be translated medicine as we're reading the Word of God, it's like taking medicine. It's, it's working on your body. Praise the Lord. Yes. Psalm 41 and verse 8 says, 
An evil disease, they say, clings to him. Everybody say evil disease. Do you know if you scour the Bible and look at it from leather to leather, you're not going to find where the Bible says a good disease. Are you listening? You don't ever find a heavenly flu. <laughs> you don't ever find a, a sickness as being a good thing. In the Bible, of course, we won't take time to search from Genesis to Revelation, but you'll find out that sickness and disease is a curse. Always has been, always will be. It's not a good thing. Never do we call sickness or disease good. All right? Really, religion has crept into the body of Christ where people's minds have started to adapt and say, well, maybe this is a good thing happening in me. And, and, and just natural logic, human common sense knows that it is an enemy to our physical body, therefore an enemy to our life. And even in the Word of God, in, in many places, but here's one in particular, it, it calls it an evil disease. The, the Hebrew there literally means it's a thing of Belial. This disease is a thing of Belial. Sickness is a work of the devil. It is basically anti or opposite of what God wants to do in people's lives. And uh, I know it's been very prevalent in church today uh, where people will address a person or situation that is going through a struggle or difficult time and express to them that the Lord is with them in their trouble. And, uh, and that's not an untrue statement because the Lord said He would never leave us. I can say that He's with me now and He's with me if I'm going through a tough time. He's with me when I'm on the mountain. He's always there. But the implication from some is that that's the extent of the Lord's ministry in your life simply to comfort you in the midst of your trouble. Simply to make you feel better to hold your hand as you're going through a trial or a test. And I want you to know the Lord is much stronger than that. Amen. And it is not His purpose just to be with a person and hold their hand while they go through something terrible. No, the Lord absolutely wants to yank you out of and deliver you from that problem and that evil circumstance. The Lord is not wanting His kids to hang on to something that could be referred to as a thing of Belial, as a work of the devil, and somehow He's working in cooperation with Satan to bring about some sort of good end. Never is that the case. The Lord is always, in every situation, speaking to us and working with us to help us to understand and grab hold of what He has provided, and that is His healing power so we can live strong. Look over with me at Hebrews chapter 4. Hebrews. Everybody say Hebrews. It's right after Shebrews. Not really. Hebrews chapter, what did I tell you? Good. I meant two, though. <laughs> I guess if you read chapter two twice. <laughs> Hebrews 2, look with me at verse 14. 214. Inasmuch then as the children have partaken of flesh and blood, 
he himself, talking about Jesus now, he himself shared in the same that through death he might have, he might destroy him who had the power of death, that is the devil. What did Jesus do through death? It said he came to destroy him who had the power of death. Who had the power of death? The devil had the power of death. But the Bible says Jesus came to what? Destroy him. Now, it kind of seems like he's not destroyed. I don't know if you've noticed. (laughs) But you can look outside. You can look around. There's a lot of death still happening. I mean, even I'm not just talking about physical death. People, I'm talking about people who are alive that are dying. People who are alive who are experiencing death in their life. Yet, Jesus came to destroy him who had the power of death. Did he do it? The answer is yes. Is he still here? Yes. Are people still dying? Yes. People still living with death? Yeah, yes. <laughs> but is it true also that Jesus destroyed him? How can this be? What a paradox. He's destroyed, yet actively working, bringing death in people's lives. I think some of you know the answer to this. I'm going to tell you anyway. Here's one way to, to understand that, and that is the word that is translated death here, it's very powerful. And very interesting. It means to render entirely idle. It means to render powerless. To deprive of all power to hurt his people. You see, when the, when, when the Lord Jesus, through his death, burial, and resurrection, destroyed him who had the power of death, it doesn't mean that he no longer exists. It doesn't mean he was obliterated from planet earth and, and, and gone forever. No, what the Lord Jesus did was render him powerless. He basically took away all of his ability to hurt his people. Might raise the same question that we've already raised. Sure seems like he's still hurting people. <laughs> Right? Absolutely that is the case. But I got a question for you. Why are we letting a powerless person hurt us? Why are we living life as if the enemy has some sort of ability to keep us down and to knock us out? Many people live as if he still has the power of death when Jesus defeated him. Jesus rendered him useless. He's totally impotent. He is totally unable to hurt you. But look at the next verse. It says, and, so same thought here, same sentence, and release those, this is what Jesus did through his death, and release those who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. What is the key element that keeps a person subject to bondage? The Bible says the fear of death. Jesus stripped Satan, rendered him useless and powerless, 
thereby removing the necessity that people would fear him and he would be able to hold them in bondage. If I know that he's been rendered powerless, I will no longer fear him. If I no longer fear him, I no longer have to live in bondage. If I don't know that he's been rendered powerless, I may still operate and live my life as if he has some sort of ability to keep me down. And therefore, I could live in fear of death or any kind of sickness or disease. If I do, it dominates me. I, have, I am in bondage to that thing. Amen. And I'm going to show you, say, well, that's just the devil. Am I really dealing with the devil? You are, we're all dealing with him either directly or indirectly. Directly means, you know, straight demonic attack. Indirectly, it can be simply through a sickness or disease or some sort of junk that's in the world today. But all of it, uh, the world system is working this way. The spirit that works in the sons of disobedience, according to Ephesians 2, works this way to train us to think that sickness or disease has power over us. That cancer can kill us. That a swine flu is a danger to us. We're trained to think, you've got to watch out, these things can hurt you. Everybody listening to me? I tell you what, most people, and uh, most people believe that. Oh, oh, but you've got to be wise. Oh, but you've got to take, take precautions. Only if you believe that they have power over you. If you don't believe they have power over you, you don't even think twice about this stuff. I think I told you this before, and I was telling some people just the other day about this, but my, uh, it's apropos to this right now, uh, but my, my brother-in-law... Um, Married to my sister, of course. They were driving down the road one day, and uh, and he uh, started to pull in to I think he told me Walgreens, and my sister was telling him, she was asking him, "What are you doing?" And uh, he said, "Well, I'm just going to stop by here and get you your get your insulin for you." And she said, "What?" He said, "I'm just going to pull over here for a minute. We're just going to go in here. I'm going to get you your insulin." She's like, what are you talking about? He said, I'm just going to go get your your medicine, your insulin, you know, for your diabetes. uh, So you'll have that. I'm going to stop and pull it over. And she... She's like, what in the world are you talking about? And she knows him. So after, you know, after a little bit, she's going, what are you trying to... What are you doing here? (laughs) In other words, she doesn't have diabetes. And so what he said, I just kind of wanted to see what a person's response would be when they really believed that they didn't need something. And it was like, what in the world are you doing? And it kind of gives us a picture sometimes of what we really believe. <laughs> but again, we've been trained, and this is what, have we, what have we got, we've, got free, we've got to get free from. We've been trained to think that these physical things have some sort of authority in our lives, have some sort of ability to hurt us, that some sort of virus has an ability to attach itself to your body and make you sick. I'm not going to have anyone raise hands how many th- of how many think that that's true. Because <laughs> there's a battle going on in people's minds. Oh, yeah, a virus, that can hurt you. Listen. Let's renew our minds. 
Jesus came to destroy him who had the power of death, made him, rendered him useless, ineffective in his ability to hurt his people. But it's through fear of death, sickness is a form of death, as many things are. It's through fear of death that people are subject to bondage. And so if I can view cancer if I can view leukemia or some other form, or I can view uh, heart disease, or I can view a, a torn muscle or a you know a torn rotator cuff or or, or 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 whatever it is, or blindness in some capacity. If I can view that is that that it is subject to what G, subject to me in Christ, subject to what the Lord has has done, then I know none of this stuff can affect me. None of this stuff can influence me, can work in my life anymore. And the moment I see what he did, fear of it leaves me, and now I'm no longer bound. Well, this is better than I thought it would be. (laughs) Fear, you know, is really a belief that something is going to go wrong. Fear of sickness is, man, I'm going to be sick or I'm not going to recover or this thing's going to stay with me or hurt me or kill me or something like that Uh, uh, but why would someone fear someone or something that's been made idle or useless or powerless amen you know remembering the story of of a a man uh, some of you know this story but man known for his healing ministry John Lake John G. Lake, and when he and he had a ministry for a while in Spokane, and uh, I was told that they gave him a medical license, made him a doctor, even though he wasn't a doctor. <laughs> Never studied medicine because he got so many people healed that they finally gave him a license to work with them. But 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 when, it, but when they were having that that plague years ago, the bubonic, bluebonic, boo boo boo, bubonic plague and people were dying all over the place and he was in there working with the doctors and one of them made the comment about sure glad we have we've been we've received this vaccination and uh you know because they were just around people that were had the active uh you know disease and culture and stuff and uh, and and he looked at them and said you know said something like you know what vaccine and and one of the doctors were like what are you kidding me you're you haven't had that? They said, you're dead. You're, you can't live in here. And he said, it, it can't touch me. He said, it can't, it can't touch me and live. And he, he, he went and proved it. I guess they went over and got some of the, the foam, the what do you, saliva off of one of the per- people that had just died or was, it was active right there. And they got it and they put it on a, on a slide and they put it under the microscope and uh, and he went over and and touched it under the microscope because in the microscope they saw all the thing all the uh, stuff moving around in there he touched it and instantly they all stopped why he knew that he was above that it was not above him he had such confidence in the life and power of God that it that that disease had been destroyed by what Jesus had did he was not concerned in the least now if you are concerned in the least and trying to prove something don't touch it you know what I'm talking about <laughs> I'm just saying when a person really sees 
And this is easy for us to see here tonight. The Lord destroyed this stuff so that we could live above it, so that we are not subject to it. I tell you what, sickness and disease, here's what we're saying right now. I don't know if you realize this, that's another message, but sickness and disease listens. These things can hear us. We, I, I could show you that in the Word of God. They can hear what we're teaching right now. Right now. What's happening? They're really nervous. Now, I don't know about emotion, but I made that part up. But, but I do know this, sickness and disease is subject to the Word of God. And when you and I discover that it has been destroyed, rendered useless and unable to overcome us or hurt us or harm us in any way, we're laughing, man. We are laughing. These things are no longer going to rule and reign in our bodies. Thank you, Lord. And look at, look at 2 Timothy chapter 1. You're pretty close there. Satan has no power over you. You've been released from fear. No more fear. And that results in a break from his power to keep you in bondage. Just real close, 2 Timothy 1 and verse, well, 10, we could read, uh, well, we could start in verse 1, but we won't. Uh, how about 9? 1, 9, talking about the Lord, it says, who has saved us and called us with the holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purposes and grace, which he was given to us in which was given to us in Christ Jesus before time began, but now has been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Jesus Christ. Look, who has abolished death. Who has abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. That word, that Greek word there is the same word that we already read over there in, uh, in Hebrews chapter 2. Jesus abolished death. But again, look at it. He abolished death past tense. It's already done. Were people dying then? Yeah, people were still, adi- were still dying. You think, well, obviously that didn't come true. Listen, he knew what he was saying. This is inspired by the Lord. There were people dying around there. Were there any sick people in their day? Yeah, yeah, there were. And yet he said that Jesus abolished death. This is the very fundamental basis of of the gospel in which we preach, which includes the salvation of a person's spirit and soul, and it includes the healing of a person's body. That death has already been wiped out. It's already been, what's the definition? Rendered useless, rendered powerless, incapable of harming us. That's already been done. What's our job? Thank you, Lord. <laughs> it's done. I believe it's true. I refuse to fear. I will never be afraid again of some disease or some sickness or harm coming to my body because I have victory in Jesus. I believe it's been rendered useless and powerless over my life. Thank you, Lord. Amen. Now, let me tie this in, and we're going to minister to the sick. Uh, go to Luke chapter 13. Luke chapter 13. Again, we want to start with a, come back to where we started. If Jesus dealt with Satan, if Jesus rendered him useless, then that means that the things he does have been rendered powerless in our lives. Okay? Well, someone said, well, I'm not sure what he does. Well, that's not real difficult to answer, but we'll show you real clearly here what the Bible says about sickness and disease. 
All right, Luke 13 and verse 16. All right, this is this woman who was who who was had this spirit of infirmity. It says, "So ought not this woman, being a daughter of Abraham, all that means is she had a covenant." Okay, if you've received the Lord, you have a covenant too. Being a daughter of Abraham, look whom Satan has bound. Whom who? Whom Satan has bound, think of it, for 18 years be loosed from this bond on the Sabbath. What did he say this this woman's problem was? Satan had bound her. Bound. Bondage. Bound. Bondage. Right? Jesus rendered useless him who has power of death, that is, the devil who through fear of death keeps people in bondage. All right? Satan had bound her. And we're already been, we've already been uh, loosed from Satan's command. Look at Acts chapter 10. So did the Lord bind her? No. Wasn't the plan of God? No. Very clearly, Jesus said, this is satanic bondage. When a person is sick and diseased, that's satanic bondage. That's good news. I tell you what. <laughs> Man, because if it were God, we'd be stuck. <laughs> I don't know about you, but I'm going to have a hard time removing God off of someone. <laughs> He's really big. <laughs> but I tell you what, if it's Satan that is binding people up, do you know what? This is a piece of cake here. I'm telling you, this is the easiest thing in the world to knock sickness out of a person's body. I mean, the only person holding it in is Satan. <laughs> well, who's he? He's the biggest weakling I know. I mean, seriously, I guess he used to have some muscles or something, but when Jesus dealt with him, he rendered him powerless. He can't even pick up a little dumbbell anymore. Only thing he can do is try to keep the knowledge of his wimpyhood out of people's minds. Because he can be the little, he can be a really weak person and unable to do anything, but if we think he's mighty, if we think he's all-powerful, then we'll be subject. Cat's out of the bag. <laughs> no longer worried about him. <laughs> Acts chapter 10, verse 38. It says, How God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power, who went about what? Doing good and healing all who were oppressed by what? The devil. For God was with him. See, notice again, what did Jesus call sickness and disease? He called it satanic oppression. It's just satanic oppression. That means the weakest person in existence is holding people down. I mean, this doesn't make any sense. The one who's lost all power is keeping sickness and disease on people. What is it? Is, is it an elephant? Is an elephant the animal that, uh, you know, obviously an elephant's really strong. I believe this is correct. But you can take an elephant and if they tie something around its, what, its foot or something? Anybody know what I'm talking about? Do they put something around its, a, a chain? They, you can tie up an elephant, right? You, you could tie him, like we could tie him up to the pulpit here and he'd be stuck. Right? You tie them up, and they don't think they can go anywhere. An elephant. I mean, the elephant could walk through the wall. 
if he really wanted to. But because he thinks he's tied up, he doesn't go anywhere. How many know that's the same thing that happens in believers' lives? If we think we can't, we can't. We're stuck. If we feel like we're like something is too big for us, it is. But I'm telling you, we're coming at this not in our own strength, our wisdom, our own might. We're coming at this in the name of the Lord of hosts. We're coming at this in the name of Almighty God. And there is nothing too difficult. And I tell you what, in reality, if we could see clearly through the eyes of God in the Spirit, it is the same as the elephant being tied to a little twig and thinking he can't go anywhere. People, we Sometimes we get tied up to a sickness and disease thinking, man, I wish I could get rid of this. It's just so hard if we could only see. Lord, open our eyes tonight to see that in the name of Jesus we walk free without effort, without trying to work something up. We don't have to try really hard. We don't have to, man, i got to get prayed up before I can get this. No, 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 I don't have to get prayed up. I need to see how easy it is. I need to see that that thing is completely rendered useless and inoperative and powerless in my life. Once I see that, I don't feel like I've got to get my faith way high. I just have to see how small it is and realize if I had a toothpick, I'd get free. You know what I'm saying here? That's why, maybe that's why Jesus used the mustard seed illustration. He recognized how easy things were when it comes to believing. We think, well, this is huge. I need, I need to do something really big here. I've got to pray really hard. I've got to get a lot of people praying. I've got to get on every prayer and email chain that there is because this is a big problem. The only big problem is that I think it's a big problem. The moment I recognize that it's not a big problem, I'm not going to be hounding everyone else thinking I've got to become so much stronger of a person or a better Christian. I'm just going to walk free from it in Jesus' name. Amen. Oh, isn't that good? Praise God. I tell you what, this is how the Lord wants us to see these things. Let me give you one more scripture here tonight and then we'll minister to the sick. 1 John 3, 1 John, 1 John chapter 3, thank you Lord, chapter 3 and verse 8, it says, he who sins is of the devil, that's talking about habitually there, for the devil has sinned from the beginning, for this purpose The Son of God was manifested that He might destroy the works of the devil. Why did Jesus come? The Bible says to destroy the works of the devil. Did He do it? He absolutely did. In fact, one of the definitions of that word there, this word destroy, is simply to undo. Jesus came to undo the works of the devil. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Satan got some authority when man handed it over to him back in the Garden of Eden. And, and for, since that time has been wrecking havoc on the human race and causing pain and suffering and disease and famine and murder and just every evil sin and every evil curse and force in the earth today originally came because he was given some power to do some stuff. But Jesus, Jesus came along and said, I'm here to undo what, what's been done. I'm here to roll the clock back, so to speak, and we're going to go back and take into all the power, all the authority, all of your ability to dominate my, mankind. I'm taking it away, and I'm giving it to my church. I'm giving it to those, and it comes through the knowledge of me and what I've done. 
Amen. And like we said before, too late now. Cat's out of the bag. We know the answer. We know what's true. We know what's right. And so we're just simply not going to put up with it any longer. Are we? Amen. Say it out loud with me. Say, devil, devil. your rule in my life is over. I'm not going to put up with it anymore. For I'm in Christ. I am in Him. And I am victorious in Him. I am not subject to sickness or disease or any evil thing. But in Jesus' name, I rise up today. I rise up in strength. And I take what belongs to me. It's mine and I have it now. In Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Praise God.